0: we Herald's Korean I'm Dave Busing, founder and editor-in-chief of ComicBookHerald.com. Today, I'm very excited to be doing a crossover. This is a Comic Book Herald interview special and my Marvelous Year feature. We're talking to Jimmy Palmiotti. Jimmy is the co-creator of Marvel Knights, longtime inker of works like Daredevil, Guardian, Devil, Punisher, Welcome Back, Frank, and writer of DC Comics like Harley Quinn, All-Star Western, and Batwing, and a whole heck of a lot more uh so jimmy in the my This year reading club as i was kind of sharing with you we're going through the history of marvel comics from its origins to today our, our curated year-by-year approach we recently hit uh 1998 and 1999 so we're on the marvel Knights. so i'm super excited to get to talk to you about the creation of marvel Knights yourself alongside joe quesada the four launch titles daredevil inhumans black panther and punisher um first question for you let's let's take it back obviously we have the benefit of history now we know marvel Knights was a success but through the process of like you and joe are building event comics marvel's having all these struggles and then they call with this opportunity like how surreal was that like like how wild was that moment
1: it was it was actually you know i, I guess because they they were having marvel was having major issues right they were going on to chapter 11 and all this kind of stuff was going on so i like to think of it as they decided well why not we'll just try anything at this point and um Sure. And I and the uh, the guy that was in charge of running Marvel at the time was a guy uh, wonderful guy named jo- Joe Calamari. And uh, we call him Joey Squid, obviously. And um, jo- Joe uh, <laughs> sure. was talking actually to Garib Seamus from Wizard Magazine and asking him, like, you know, hey, do you have any ideas of things we can do? And, you know, he recommended, he said, look what Joe and Jimmy are doing with their Tiny comic company, they're actually doing really well. You know, these guys have a lot of, um, they get along with everyone, they work for everybody, and, you know, and so, so actually a meeting was set up, and eventually Joe and I sat with Joe and Kalmari, and uh, he came, you know, I, I, they had some, they had some, um, they weren't happy with the way Heroes Reborn went for them. Yeah. So they had some issues of, of bringing us in initially one of the two people there were not crazy about it. I think Cheryl Rhodes and a couple other people were not crazy about bringing Joe and I in, but the offer came down to finally of like, Hey, would you guys want to take a bunch of books and, um, and run them, you know, and and we pay you to do it. And, you know, Joe and I were in the middle of doing the event stuff and a whole bunch of other things. But this was a challenge where we were like, Oh, when are we going to ever get a chance to, you know, Go in and run a part of marvel for a, a little bit you know even if we run it into the town yes yeah. we're gonna have fun doing it um so we <laughs> sure. went back to them and said okay you know these are the titles we want and we literally picked we picked so the first one was daredevil because we knew kevin smith who we've been helping with uh a little like little things like art and kind of set pieces for his movies and stuff like that kevin was a friend so we knew Kevin wanted to do Daredevil. So we're like, okay, we'll bring Kevin to Daredevil. And we knew we wanted to have, we like, but we, so I'm a huge Fantastic Four fan, Jack Kirby's and Stan Lee stuff. So we knew yeah. right away Inhumans and Black Panther would be something cool to bring back. And then I love the Punisher, Joe loved the Punisher. And we thought, okay, well, why not the Punisher? Those are the four titles we picked. Actually, we picked some other ones and they told us no. Um, Cause I think we asked for Wolverine. <laughs> And they were like, no, we have that. We'd rather you guys go with secondary <laughs> characters. And I'm like, okay. I said, but we're not going to treat them like secondary, you know. Um, and at the time, right, just right. so you know, at the time, they were about to cancel Daredevil and they were about to cancel Punisher for low sales. So yeah. these two books were almost out the door. So we were like, okay, well, we know what we can do with these books. Um, and then it came down to the contracts, what we'd get paid, how much money we would have per book. And there was a lot of back and forth with that. And Marvel at one point said, you know, we'd like to have you up in the offices. And I, and uh, because I was uh, friends with a guy named Glenn Hurdling, Glenn actually worked in the penthouse of, of Marvel, which was a small office, like three or four offices in one little on the top of the building. So it, you literally took the elevator to 12 and then you had to go upstairs to get to. to and, I, mm. and, and I said, you know, it'd be cool is if we can get the penthouse upstairs and they're like oh you know about that and i said yeah i said "A friend glenn works up there and so they just took a couple of people who were up there moved them down to 12 and 11 and they gave us the penthouse and then we went in and we remodeled it and we painted the walls and we put a tv in there we put couches in there we made it our office and um yeah and from there we just we just kind of like that the deal came together. They gave us the right amount. They gave us some bonuses. If we get the books in on time, we get a bonus. If we, you know, uh, we can do anything we want. Um, we have to editorially be under Bob Harris and Chris Claremont would be the creative person. And then the art person would be Mike Golden, who at the time was working in the bullpen up there. Mm -hmm. Um, so we knew everybody involved. I mean, we knew Bob and Chris and Mike, so that was easy, you know, and, um, and then we got set. And we had to dig in and actually start making the books.
0: Gotcha, gotcha. So just going back to your own kind of, you know, intro to Marvel and your own fandom, You mentioned being a big Fantastic Four fan. Were those were the the Kirby and Lee books? Like, were those your go tos, your favorites up to that point, or did you have kind of a yeah, no? Like I'm a, a, I'm a set? huge. Uh, uh,
1: so I, I like I had I had like uh, I have FF one to hundred like that's my collection. I, have, I have, nice. uh, Yeah. We're on video, right? So, yeah, is, yeah. I'll show you because I have, I have it over here. I was just looking at it the other day. So you know how you look at your comics once in a while, and you're like, "Oh yeah, I have that." Anyway, this is one of my pride yeah. joys, which is
0: uh, oh, F1. Hey. 4.0. There you go.
1: It's kind of beaten up a little bit. And and uh, the other one I have is this. This one is, it's even more beaten up. It's it's a it's a 1.8, a Spider-Man one. Yeah. But we did have. Sp- hey, that's, that's
0: still that's still a Spidey F1. one. So let yeah. Stan
1: sign it way back when you know oh amazing um, but anyway so yeah i was a huge marvel fan and, you know and uh so you know it made sense like all right ff you know the characters in the ff that i've always loved black panther and i was a uh and still i'm a huge don, a don mcgregor fan i love don stuff Yeah. And I love what he did with Panther.
0: The Jungle Action. So good. Yeah. Yeah. Although
1: they wouldn't let us hire him because they wanted us to bring new people. And that was part of our deal, too. Like, we had to bring in... Oh, interesting. Yeah, we had to bring in, like, you know. um, But anyway, so these titles, so the two of them were FF spinoffs. And we wanted to do, with Marvel Knights, also to ground the characters a little bit. So... With Black Panther bringing Black Panther to New York, and, and then focusing on Wakanda, like really grounding where what the city was and who the characters were, and same thing with Punisher, and same thing with uh, in Humans, we wanted to actually um, we actually Game of Thrones it before Game of Thrones actually was created, <laughs> you know. <laughs>
0: yeah, we right. kind
1: of we kind of went in towards the royalty part of it, you know, uh, approached it, and we thought Paul Jenkins and Jay Lee would be perfect for that. Um, and then the Punisher one, we, we were experimenting. We were like, okay, well, let's let's do something where people either hate it or love it, but it will get some attention, and that's when we have made him the angel of death kind of thing. Um, and then right. Daredevil, we went straight forward. You know, Kevin had a story to tell. We wanted to do the art on it. So, uh, th- th- you know, these were the books we, we felt like we can gain interest. And in. actually, um, how we pitched it to Marvel is we'd have our books come out one week a month every week one would come out so daredevil right. i think it was in humans black panther and then punisher and every week one marvel nights title would come out every month of the year so we, we just looked at it like a publishing plan that we would get money out of your pocket every week you know you mm-hmm. wouldn't get a break mm-hmm. instead of putting the books out all the first week of a month we wanted to make the marvel nights titles and, and then we and then we worked on making them look different than the other books and that's a whole nother story you know
0: yeah, no, that's I mean, that's an important thing, too. I mean, I definitely think of Marvel Knights is this kind of very important turning point for Marvel, right? It's a maturation, I think, of the kind of stories that they were telling and that you could find in that universe. Um, I mean, I felt this even I came to him like a decade after release, you know, but you still feel it compared to kind of what your, your standard superhero comic was or is even. What do you think it was about your and Joe's approach that kind of pushed Marvel forward so much? Uh, Like, What was your main focus? So back then they
1: weren't making Marvel movies either, right? There was like like Blade maybe came out, and that's about it. Um, So we approached it. We approached them like as if these were going to be movies. Like we approached them in a a theatrical way. Mm. Like these are stories that are going to define who the characters are uh, because our whole goal with Marvel Knights was if you never read any of these books we're going to make it approachable for you so you understand what the character is about and that was our whole you know that was part of our approach um and we we were you know we were connected with um the idea that we wanted to make a broader audience we wanted to make sure the books were available for everyone so uh we didn't we did keep the very adult themes on everything too because we we felt like you know they, they had books like spidey super stories and it had a lot of young reader stuff and oh, yeah. if you know anything about comic readers, or if you're 15, you don't want to read a book aimed at a 15-year-old. You want to read a book aimed at a 21-year-old. And if you're 21, you want something aimed a little higher. You don't you don't write for the age that they want you to hit. You write you write for older. So we approach the titles as if they were adult titles, yeah. and it's adult material. Even, you know, without the nudity, without the cursing, but there were adult themes in the books and with that kind of thinking comes the responsibility of making sure they're great stories and also they're going to resonate with the readers and they're going to actually have things in common because all the marvel knights titles kind of had stuff in common little issues and stuff in common um but we we wanted to legitimize these characters to say they're not secondary these are the best these are some of the best characters that marvel has daredevil obviously we love Frank Miller's run. And then, you know, FF, the Inhumans, of course, you know, with Jack and Stan and even the Punisher, you know, um, I got my first work at Marvel inking Punisher. So I, I I must've read a million Punisher comics and I love the character. And, you know, so, so with all these books, uh, and especially Black Panther, because, you know, I, I was a fan when it came out in FF, I was a fan of Don McGregor and, you know when we hired uh uh Chris, you know, we wanted him to kind of do uh like legitimize the whole world that Black Panther was in, you know, to, to understand that he's not a supporting character, and we never looked at any of them as supporting characters, they were main characters, and that was yeah. our focus.
0: Yeah, it is funny, I feel like a lot of people who may have come to comics more recently or certainly come in through the MCU. It's like almost impossible to imagine Black Panther not being a big deal, you know, or like or Daredevil as well, yeah. you know, like the Daredevil was on the chopping yeah. block, but like that's that's the historical moment is like, yeah, Wakanda had not been established for some time, you know, it had been decades since that McGregor run, yeah, right? And it, it just it, it didn't it, have the panache. It was,
1: and we, you know, so we're New Yorkers, Joe and I are New Yorkers, so the idea of a black character doesn't even phase us. I mean, you know, it's like it, it, that we just like the idea that he was royalty. And we loved the movie Coming to America, and we was, on some level we were like laughing, going, you know, it is sort of like that with the Panther, Black Panther coming yeah. in uh, from Wakanda, and there, there was a lot of the stuff, a lot of that stuff in, going on in it. And, and again, um, we hired uh, my high school buddy Mark Texera, to draw it, and we went to mm-hmm. high school together, and uh, he actually helped me break into the business. So I thought perfect guy to hire, you know, it's sort of like paying back a favor uh, with another. Yeah. And then Mark, of course, was brilliant on it. So, um, yeah. you know, Christopher, Pree, Chris, of course, Chris and Mark were like the dream combo on that. We felt with every book we had great teams. And um, and again, we hired friends. Right. Because you want to you want to work with your friends. That, that makes it seem like less work. And mm. these happen to be the friends of ours that actually produced. You know, they actually did the work. We have a lot of other friends that are great, but we would never hire them to do interiors because they never get the book <laughs> in. But we love them. Yeah. But these are the guys that actually were hungry to make their names, get their names out there and get the work done. And it worked out pretty well.
0: Yeah, absolutely. No, that's fascinating. I feel like, yeah, one of your superpowers, you know, I've come to realize, like, like you and Joe's superpower with Marvel Knights was like the relationship you had built, you know, throughout the business, yeah. right? You had these friendships and these these professional relationships where you could go and and you knew the right creative teams to put on a book yeah. and and i one of the i read um there's an oral history that marvel.com published about you know the the foundation and then you talk a bit about uh, you know Jai Lee um being a uh, you know this amazing artist but that had a reputation at that point in time yeah. For like not getting stuff in on time, yeah. right, and all the work that had to go into getting his pages in on time, but like the Marvel Knights team pulled it off. We, we did. I mean,
1: it didn't come out without it didn't come with, without speed bumps with Jay, but yeah. But at the end of the day, people don't remember that; they remember the work, you know. Um, oh yeah. And and uh, he, you know, he had one or two times he got behind where actually Joe's wife Nancy had to go and terrorize him a little bit. We've had we have stories with all the guys. We have one yeah. with uh, Steve Dillon when he was doing a Punisher. Where I flew overseas and showed up at his door, you know, um, (laughs) because he lived in London, outside London, um, in boots. Yeah. And uh, so it isn't without stories, but again, these were friends that wanted. You know, we hired friends that really great, talented people, and they wanted to get it done. And sometimes they just, you know, it is with comics. It's really tough to 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 draw twenty two pages. is so much work. It's it's twenty two blank pages you know what i'm saying and Mm -hmm. so so the artists do get burned out i i always say by like four or five issues there's a thing where you have to as an editor you have to become a cheerleader again you got to put on a cheerleader outfit and tell them how great they are and get going otherwise they feel like they're working in this bubble and um yeah and of course you know joe and i both being artists we we kind of understood that so we had communication and and probably why we got along with so many people is we understood what they do for a living and we can empathize and we also knew what to do we also knew that when the books came out and they sold we call our guys almost every week and talk to them about how good the work is and how to do it so mm-hmm. the communication like i do books and i don't hear from the editor until it's done and then they go i got the script and then sometimes you don't see hear anything until the book comes out or you get some artwork but so we understood that, uh, especially me, because I had a lot of terrible communication with editors when I worked at Marvel and DC earlier, um, yeah. I understood what I needed to do. And we had a day where we would call our guys. And I still work like that. I communicate with my team. When something looks great, I write, tell them, I love this, I love that panel. Oh, my God, how did you do that? You know, um, And I'm sincere about it because I'm a huge fan of, of what these people do. So I think that kind of communication keeps the artist in a place where they can keep working. Uh, when you don't have that, you'll see, look, even our favorite books, we, we want certain teams never to leave them. But if you find out the reasons they left, sometimes it's it's not exactly it's the art. Sometimes it's the attitude or right. the people or, you know, so it's an interesting business.
0: Sure, sure. No, that makes a lot of sense. Yeah, I mean, that little bit of feedback obviously can go such a long way. I do find that fascinating. Like you and, you and Joe, you know, having had a, a hand in the bit, not just a hand, but like your professionals, like you do the books, um, but you came in as really effective editors. Um, you, you both definitely had a clear vision for books about how to work with particular talents. I mean, certainly, you know, you mentioned they're flying to to get Steve Dillon to get his pages in on time. And like you said, like that's, that's a thing that's, that's a hilarious story, but it's also like now so many years later it's just like we have the book right it's done right. nobody thinks about the delays nobody thinks about the process we just have welcome back frank and it's it's beloved um so you got to ink that one you got to ink uh guardian devil obviously you're doing your editing you're managing relationships you're doing all this is there a marvel Knights book that you're most proud of looking back that you're like oh that's the one that i love
1: i i like the number ones because yeah you because know, so we had our hands on all the books right so I like the number ones because there's this feel that month when they came out and Joe and I did a bunch of signings in the city and we had lines or we did a signing at Midtown Com not Midtown, I'm sorry, it was at the time it was Jim Hanley Comics. That was the line went around a city block. And they had to bring police in to keep the line out of the way of people going yeah. And I was like I was like, this is insane. Like we never expected the stuff to do that well we always we just expected like you know um i mean and we spent a lot of time and we, we went joe and i drove up to wizard magazine and would say here's what we're doing what do we have to do to get the cover what do we have to do to get articles what do we have to do you know mm-hmm. and we wound up doing exclusive art for them and like we went out we did morning shows in new york uh kevin did the late night shows where he talked about theater like we went out yeah. and worked this And our attitude on it was comics are cool and the people who read them are cooler. So, nobody believes this (laughs) back then. Um, So, our (laughs) approach was, hey, you know what? Joe and I are going to go out. We're going to sell the books. We're going to sell the idea. But we're going to sell, hey, look, we're cool guys. We have girlfriends. We have wives. You know, actually, both. both." (laughs) And, you know, we have lives outside the comics and we know movie people and stuff like that. And we love making comics. And comics are cooler than Mm -hmm. you know. And again, we didn't have all the support of movie studios and there was no, you know, like I said, Blade was probably the only thing that came out at the time. Um, So we went out, there was a point in, uh, you know, in doing it where we just like, we were so proud of what we were doing in our teams. We were just running on that energy for a long time, you know, or as long as we could.
0: Yeah, absolutely. No, that makes a lot of sense. Well, I mean, you talk about the connection too, to to selling comics is cool, which I always find fascinating. Obviously, one of the big connections you make here is the relationship with Kevin Smith, the fact that he's in Hollywood, he's a movie maker, and that he would, you know, to the eyes of many, lower himself, right? But it's not that, right? He's just like, no, I love this stuff. I love Daredevil. I'm going to write this story. It leads to an influential story. It brought into the audience. It kind of pioneers, I think, the idea of, like hollywood or you know hollywood writers certainly like tied to comics because later you get joss Whedon. you know you get these sorts of oh, things coming we got in. we
1: had we had i you know we had we would go we met john singleton at one of the uh signings we did in la and we did it me joe yeah. and kevin and we met jo, john and then john invited me to his uh, premieres and i remember at one of his parties wesley snipes got a hold of me and was like i want to be black panther i read your comic I gave his contact information to the guys at Marvel and stuff like that. You know, I, I did what I was yeah. supposed to do. But we had a lot of actors coming out of nowhere going, hey, if you ever cast this, you know, and and down line, you know, I met people like Tom Jane, who I'm still friends with. And I met, you know, Wesley, I've seen him three times since, you know, uh, just randomly. And we always laugh about that time because he, 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 he terrorized yeah. me. It'd be Black Panther. Um, you know, I, I ran into the last, a man and I did a show in Monte Carlo and he was sitting at our table for dinner and I said, do you remember? And he goes, I know you. And I'm like, yeah. I, I said, do you remember this? And he goes, oh yeah. He goes, why aren't I yeah. Black Panther, man? I should have been Black Panther. <laughs> like, that was He's like, like did ago, you give man. them my info? Yeah. <laughs> yeah 30 years ago. Um, but There was a lot of interest because Kevin was out there selling it and because the books were getting and then the books were being sent around the studios. And and again, you know, a lot of stuff came. Nobody was looking at that stuff. Uh, I think Sony was fighting over Spider-Man rights at the time. That was the only thing that was going on. And while we were there, we had offers for Daredevil that kind of fell through. But we had all these people coming in uh, looking for stuff. And, you know, Joe and I's job was to actually just make the comics and go out and promote them. So we would get these Hollywood people right. and we'd shuffle them over to Avi and all those guys and say, look, this guy called, mm. you know, because um, it wasn't our job to do that kind of stuff. But it was interesting to see that the work we did out there to get the book seen and looked at as cool were act- was actually starting to pay off to the point where we had actors talking out loud about the- their love for comics, which is something... Let me tell you, before Marvel Knights, something you never saw, (laughs) it just never happened, you know?
0: Yeah, it is fascinating. I mean, I just think there's like, that's definitely not a connection I had made in my head about the the influence of Marvel Knights kind of contributing to the rise of superhero movies and kind of that wave. But it definitely feels, I mean, do you feel like that was a a pretty significant boost to make it happen? the,
1: The thing that bummed me out in the last 10 years is... How they put out the Black Panther movie, the Punisher TV series, the Daredevil TV series, the Inhumans TV series, and I never got a thank you in that long list of thank yous from any of them. And yeah. and yeah. when I actually saw one. material I worked on on the screen, and I, yeah, you know, right. and I made a, I, I recently I made a stink and they they vowed to take care of it. So you'll see my name popping up more. But I was so bummed at the time because I was like, can't they see? What we did, it's right here. It's, I mean, literally, Uh Daredevil carried some of the material. The Inhumans, obviously, that show would have never been made, you know, especially the way they did it. Mm -hmm. I'm not saying it was good or bad, I'm just saying they took it from the book we did. Punisher, we had movies from it, and the TV series was from the comic. You know, the Garth and Steve Dillon stuff was right there on the screen. Uh, The Tom Jay movie, so much so we had all the secondary characters. Like I said, and not a thank you. So they're rectifying that, but it went for a good long time. Uh, that I didn't get a thank you on any of that, and they finally give me a thank you. I'm, I, I'm not getting a dime, but a thank you, I'll take a thank you. Um, <laughs> yeah, you know, and, yeah, and, right. and, and uh, on the flip side of it is, you know, DC pretty much everything I've worked on, I get a thank you on and it, and they actually DC throws me some money
0: on that. Yeah, um, it does seem like uh, they have a better reputation. Yeah, for Jonah
1: Hex and Harley, all that kind of stuff. Uh, Batwing on a TV show, you know, they they have a they had a better communication. But I'm hoping with Marvel, it gets a little better.
0: Um, you know, that's good. That's a bummer. You had to you had to make a stink before it happened. I mean, I remember even you know this pretty famously. Like Jim Starlin had to do the same thing, and it's like it, Jim Starlin, come it, on, you know, the, guy created a spanner. You know, like,
1: like there's a there's the it, like any corporation has a disconnect between co- parts of companies. So I, I just look at it as yeah. it, it's you know it's yesterday and today and tomorrow will be better. So you you can't very, change very the pay. I don't really spend a lot of time looking back on that kind of stuff. I just wanted to make sure. It was taken care of, you know, from today on. So I, I kind of, I after a while, I was just like, ah, right, let me just make a call because I was like, I was getting a little frustrated.
0: Yeah, sure. No, I would eat at you. You want your, you want to get, yeah, you're due certainly because it's a, it's an important I, moment in their, in their. I history. just,
1: you know, I, you, you look at your mortality, you look at your life, and you're like, okay, you know, it's nice that, it's nice to have thank yous and credits and stuff like that. It doesn't change my life so much, but. But I, I think if I put in all that work, at least there should be a little pat on the back once in a while, you know, not yeah.
0: looking at yeah. or anything, uh. you know, so. Right. OK, well, I'm glad that's going to be coming then. Yeah. At least, um, It's a bummer. It wasn't there they already. So like it
1: already with like Hawkeye and, uh, you know, there's a couple of things that what ifs that, you know, and I was like, oh, I was so happy to see my name because I was like, oh, yeah, I worked on that thing. And, you know, sure. It, it doesn't sure. cost money to put thank yous. And sometimes the thank yous are 800 names. But you're uh-huh. involved and yeah, you don't yeah. see your name. You're like, oh, I remember the first Black Panther movie. And I'm like, really? I'm like, really? You know, there's characters we kind of co-created in this movie. And then, you know, I was like, okay, that, I'm not going to let that happen again.
0: So, Yeah, right. Well, like the Dora Milaje, certainly you yourself and, and Joe get credit you know, for. And, um, I don't know which others, but I've heard look, that. look, I yeah. love
1: the guys at Dan and and, and David. Oh, they're great guys. So we communicate. I, it was my fault I needed to communicate better because i was wrapped up in doing other things and now it's being taken care of so it's great it's all good
0: yeah okay, okay. good good i'm glad to hear that's getting straightened out um it, it, we have a question from a, a memorable this year listener here justin asks did the mainline comics writers at the time so going back to marvel Knights, did they look at kevin smith's run you know an outsider coming in was there like negative sort of like marvel mainstay reaction to you guys doing that <laughs> yes
1: uh regular yeah. marvel the, now we were friends with all the editors and, and everybody there, so uh, the bullpens yes. were like the bullpen guys were like my buddies, you know. Um, but there was resentment because they said we got more money to make the comics than they did, and yeah. we were using like better color, you know, higher end coloring. We did digital coloring, which wasn't being done on the main books, and we did yeah. we did things. You we know, we hired, yeah, people that would cost a little money um, because we were given a budget, right. So we could have hired people at lower amounts of money and kept the difference in the money. But we decided that the budget was to be spent on the creators. So we paid everybody more. And of course, everyone wanted to work with us after the first couple of months. And, you know, the regular editorial at the first, there was pushback. Like, why are these outsiders in here doing this? We can do our own stuff, you know, blah, blah, blah. We don't need them. There was a lot of pushback initially. Not everybody, but most people. Um, and and then we threw uh, Joe and I threw a party up there and invited everybody up to kind of hang out and see what we're doing. Some people didn't show up. We noticed who didn't show up and all that kind of stuff. But yeah. we kept pushing forward. We even had people higher up that were not crazy about us. And now looking back, they're buddies, and you know they just were pushed. They just I think the heroes were born stuff kind of pushed at them a little the wrong way, and then you know th- there was other stuff that happened before us, um, but. Uh, there was resentment. There always is, initially, to something new coming in. But remember, when you uh, bring up the line, you bring up the whole line. So even though Marvel Knights sure. was selling, Marvel was getting more attention for what they were doing. Therefore, it helped the whole line. So in the, in the end, by the, by the time I left, after the second year, the whole line was doing much better. The company was you know not in Chapter 11 anymore, right. and they were about to be bought by Disney. So like a lot of stuff was happening. Um, because of all the positive energy out there, but initially there's always some kind of resentment and I don't blame them. Some of them, I don't blame them at all because they were given limitations to what they could do where we weren't. Sure. We, we had the choice to take the money and use it towards what we felt was important or we can pocket it and then just put out some comics. And we felt if this is our only opportunity, we should spend the money and try to do the best books possible. So, yeah, so we took less money up front.
0: Yeah, well, and probably—I mean, I would imagine now it paid off in the long run. Yeah, right? I mean, you, you know, it's, that, you it's all it's all it's I, I live in a
1: house that's paid for, so that's good.
0: <laughs> <laughs> sure, yeah. Um, you know, it, Some success it, there.
1: It, if, if I did this just for money, I would go back into advertising. If I did comics, you, you wouldn't be in if comics, I, I would yeah. Not, if, I, if it was all about money-driven stuff, I wouldn't be doing this for a living, or I would be only writing Batman. I'd say, okay, yeah, yeah. I want to write Batman, and that's the only book I want to write. I'm going to stay on it as long as I can. Because it's a money gig, but my thing is, I'm not motivated by money. I'm motivated by challenge. So I'm constantly looking for uh, some. I have a lot of people telling me what I can and can't do, and when I can't do, I'm always looking for the challenge. Oh yeah, well let me show you how it could be done. I, I mm-hmm. you know, there's easier ways to live, but I think that's part of the art is the challenge. So
0: sure, sure, no, and you've done a ton of different things. So all right, so you you do two years of Marble yeah. Nights. You have the stewardship. Like you said, like it does well. The line really starts lifting. Now we get into X-Men movie, Spider-Man movie territory, and obviously a lot of attention comes with yeah. that. Um, when did you leave and why? Why did you kind so of step away I, from uh, what so was we, going on Initially,
1: we were doing uh, Event Comics, and Event Comics was Painkiller Jane, Ash, 22 Brides, Kid, Death, and Fluffy, all our characters, and we were supposed yeah. to integrate those characters into the Marvel books, and we never we oh. never did. We, we didn't have time anymore. The Marvel Knights took up everything. And we managed to do one Painkiller Jane Punisher book with Garth and Amanda, actually, did it. And it's a great book. But but we never got Ash integrated. We never did any of that stuff. And I felt after the... It was a little over two years. I felt like, okay, so they're out of Chapter 11. They're doing great. The books are doing fine. But the teams are starting to wear down and well, we have to hire new people. And it just mm-hmm. felt like, um, you know, it, it, Joe really... Joe really loved doing it, and Joe wanted to be editor-in-chief, right? So he wanted that job. I honestly didn't want to work for a co- corporation anymore. I, I I liked the people, and I liked working up there, but I wanted to write more, and I wanted to do my own stuff, and you can't do that when uh, you're working 10 hours a day trying to get out four, and I think it was six, Marvel Knights books at the time, and they wanted to raise it to eight books, and I was just like, I'm like, you know, quality is going to suffer, everything's going to suffer I did what I had to do. Uh, I felt stressed with the job and I thought, yeah. uh, what's my future here? My future here is corporate job. I don't, wanna, I don't want a corporate job. I, I just don't want it. Mm. I turned down every kind of job you can ever imagine in comics because I don't want to babysit people. And I was babysitting people when yeah. I wasn't on my drawing board and I wasn't doing artwork. And so I was like, okay, we did what we had to do here. Uh, we made our point. It's, things are selling, and company's great, and the books are coming out. And time for me to go. Leave, leave while it's sure. hot. Leave while it's doing well. And, and, and that's what I did. You know, looking back, I gotcha. should have stayed another year, and then you know, got my uh, Disney money when I got purchased. But, but <laughs> you know, it is what it is. I, I'm happy that it's doing so well, and now it's a monster. You know, I don't know about the publishing, but the the, the company is, and um, it just oh, yeah. it was the right time to leave for me. I, I was I was. I was getting bored with things and, and, uh, that's a dangerous thing for me. So, um, mm-hmm. I just wanted another challenge and, and, um, I also wanted to write more and the opportunities for writing were not there because they wanted me to edit and, you know, oh, okay. and, and they, you know, they didn't want me, they didn't want me on a regular book. So I needed to experiment and go out there. And I just, I, I felt like uh, on some level, just like with event and just like with a lot of things I do, felt like, all right, I got the best I can get out of this. Now I need the, the next challenge. And, uh, sure. you know, it was a, for me, there was a challenge. Uh, one of the challenges was doing the uh, I was given the uh, uh, Black Bull books at Wizard to do. And that was one of the things I did right right during it. And then after it, I, I edited a bunch of books there and I wrote I, I wound up writing Gate Gatecrash with Mark Wade, which I got like it's like going to school, working with Mark. And then mm. I got to write New West and Beautiful Killer there, and and then from there I started getting writing work, a lot of a lot more writing work. So I, yeah. I felt like that was where I needed to go.
0: Gotcha, gotcha. No, that makes sense. Creatively, was it? So you're doing that? You know, you have to follow kind of the challenges in your passion. Yeah. Was it? Was it weird knowing where you came from? You know, in event comics, and then seeing Joe take over as editor in chief of Marvel. Like, was that? surprising to you or were you like no i get it like we've worked together it's it makes total sense not
1: not surprising at all I, he, that's what he wanted yeah. he, he was very vocal about it um he wanted it and uh, he was in the place to get it and yeah not surprising no not not at all just like it literally was like oh okay yeah that's what joe's doing now I, you know i yeah. mean uh it, he did a great job and he you know again he stayed he stayed there and just until recently so he was there a long time Um uh- Oh, you know, yeah. I had a, oh, I had a parallel going on in my life because I had a next door neighbor, who I met actually in my <laughs> local comic shop in Brooklyn, and he was my and I found out he lived next door to me. I didn't know he was in the building next door, in the apartment building next door.
0: Okay, and that is Dan yeah. Dio. I oh, met yeah. Dan
1: in the comic shop, and then we talked, and he worked at ABC News at, at ABC TV, I think, at the time, and he said he loved comics, and we were talking about you know we met in the comic shop, then we became friends. And then he would steal all my comps. He'd come over and take all my comp books and stuff. And then the next day, next, all of a sudden, he's editor-in-chief at DC Comics. And I'm like, okay, I know the editor-in-chief at Marvel, and it's chief at DC. And both said the same thing to me in different words. Um, because we have this job, we can't just hire you willy-nilly. You're going to have to work harder because they know you're our friend. So you're going to have to work harder yeah. to get anywhere because we can't just put you on the best... Because they're going to think we're doing, you know, uh, 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 favors, and sure. I was like, "Well, that sucks," um, but <laughs> right. it's not like I haven't been working hard. <laughs> you know, I was doing two, three yeah, books yeah. a month. So, um, but it was interesting because I had both companies being run by friends of mine, and um, so that's when I started doing more image books and create and, and and you know, not not so much company books. I was I was inking, still <laughs> inking at the time too. But I was writing stuff like Deadpool and I was writing stuff like Superboy and, and a couple of things at DC. Um yeah. and one of our interns at Marvel Nights was Justin Gray. So uh when I left, Justin Justin left and and uh Justin and I started writing stuff. We wrote a whole bunch of new series for uh Wildstorm, like The Resistance, 21 Down, and uh uh Twilight Experiment. We wrote a whole bunch of books there. So it, the comics became a lot more interesting for me over the years sure. after Marvel Knights too, because there was like this feeling of anything goes like anything. And I could actually own the properties as opposed to the Marvel Knights stuff. We didn't own anything, you know, as you can tell, right. you have to fight, right. and, you know, I had to fight for a thank you. Um, so, you know, in a, in a, and not a fight, but I had to re had to give a reminder. Um, but like I said, the, the, uh, the years after were, were great because it was like every book was a challenge. Everything I got was like, okay, this book is not selling. Okay. Uncle Sam and the Freedom Fighters, what can you bring to this? Or, hey, here's Jonah Hex. Do you have an idea for Jonah Hex? Or here's Power Girl.
0: Right, right. What would
1: you do with Power Girl? Or, you know, and even later, what would you do with Harley Quinn if you you and a
0: Yeah, even Harley, I was going to yeah, say. So you know, Harley was not so the, the Harley we know so now. So the
1: challenging part is interesting for me, right? Because it's the, it's the mm-hmm. idea of taking something... And then blowing it up a little bit, you know, and, and um, so that's always been my motivation. So it it made sense. I didn't stay in one place any too long, you know,
0: it does. Yeah, it does. When you put it, well, I didn't connect to those dots either, but like, you can definitely see the, the sort of like making Things that people think aren't cool, or or characters that people think are dead, right. making them cool again, yes. right? Like if you look at Daredevil, you look at the Inhumans, you look at Harley Quinn, even much right. later. It's like it's a, it's all of a piece. Yeah, like I mean, it's
1: If somebody accused me of blowing up characters, and and I thought it was a,
0: in a good way or a bad well, way. Well,
1: <laughs> I, I think in both ways, but my my yeah. rea- my reaction to it was yes, I blow it up. What I do is I look at the character and say, why do people like it? And then I look at all the other people that worked on them and saying, okay, what is it about each one of them that they liked, that people like that part of that character? And then I kind of, you know, throw it in the blender and come out with a version that I think everyone will like, as opposed to just a select audience. And, you know, when you do that, two things happen. One, you widen your audience, and two, you piss off the people that like the other parts, but eventually we're going to get yeah. them back anyway because they like the character. So... To do that, we did that with Power Girl. We did it with, the with especially with Harley, right? Because we took like, there was like four versions of Harley going on. It was the Bruce Tim one. It was the video game one. There was Dodson's yeah. and they, you know, the, all these great creators working on it. But when Amanda and I got it, we just were like, eh, you know, I don't like that she's an abusive relationship. Let's get her away from the Joker. And Amanda's like, you mm-hmm. know what? No girl wears the same thing. Let's change her costume all the time. And, you know, so it was just like two random ideas that all of a sudden went <clears throat> you know uh, it, it's yeah and again that's the that's the joy I have with uh with doing this stuff is like to be able to kind of go in there and and say all right how can I how can I widen this audience I mean with harley we actually got moms and daughters reading comics you know like mm-hmm, we did a sign mm-hmm. we did signings and moms and daughters would come and they read them together and you know, Amanda would, of course, remind them that the grandma is not where it should be because she's speaking with a Canarsie accent. Um,
0: but <laughs> right. but
1: we started to see, like, a new audience of people buying the books, you know. And Amanda, you know, Amanda and Chad are, are guilty for creating this monster cosplay thing for Harley because they right. just... There was no... Uh, there was no, like... Uh, you know, one way of looking at the character anymore. She 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 was emotionally connected with each story and would wear outfits to match the emotional connection. And there's mm-hmm. a roller derby Harley, there's a this Harley, there's a Space Harley, there's a you know, and of course toys and all that stuff. The licensed people loved it. Because uh you Yeah, know, sure. They, they went crazy with it. I have a whole wall of different kinds of Harley's based on what Amanda did. And then, you know, you got the great yep. costumes of Bruce Tim and, you know, Bruce Tim did and, you know, it, it's just like I said, that's the exciting thing to me. I think I think I was never meant for a corporate job and I and I had a job in advertising before comics. So I didn't I didn't really do professional comics until I was thirty. So I kind of came yeah. into it a little late. But I took everything I learned in advertising and applied it to the work I did.
0: Which is which is how to sell yeah. things. Sure, sure. Well that's, that's interesting. You know, it seems it sounds like very little chance you'd want to take on kind of an editorial type role again. One of the questions I was going to ask was like, you know, if you got the keys to an imprint again, kind of looking at where comics are now, like if, if DC or Marvel or whoever was like, Hey, paper films, like you, yourself, Amanda, the team, right. you know, take four of our lowest selling characters again. I guess that the question is like, how have comics changed in such a way that like you would approach that challenge differently now? I, you know? What I, you I, need I, so time.
1: The first thing on the contract would be no editorial interference Meaning, mm-hmm. trust my vision of it. Trust, I'm not going to corrupt your character. Meaning, I, I don't. I Harley is not different than the original character. People don't understand that. It's mm-hmm. it is Bruce Tim and Paul Dini's character. It's just that we right. matured her up a little bit. That's all. But it's still the same wacky, crazy character. Um, mm-hmm. I, it would I would I would take? You know, at one point, I looked at a company like Valiant, and I said, you know, what would I do with Valiant? You know. And yeah. um, I was talking to one of the people up there at the time, and I said I would cancel all your books first off, and I'd go quiet. <laughs> yeah. I'd go quiet for six months, you know, and then I'd really look at what is the attraction of this, other than other than uh, comic shops having millions of back issues they want to get rid of, what is the attraction of these characters <laughs> right. to people, you know, yeah. and because I feel like when they hire creators they get a little of that, but they don't give them total freedom. And I, I so mm-hmm. yeah, I would, I would be up for the challenge if they were characters I was interested in. If I felt I couldn't bring anything to it, I leave it alone. I, I look, I've been offered so much work over the years that people would be like, give their right arm for, I, you know, I've turned down Dr. Strange. I've turned another, cause I know on some level mm-hmm. I have nothing to say about that character that hasn't been said. And I feel like, I feel like why bother doing it? Like, why waste everybody's time? Um, Because I have this thing about, um, oh, it's just another book. It's just another book. Like, sometimes I feel like the big two companies put out so many, like, so many Batman books, right? Like, it doesn't matter anymore what happens with Batman because there's so many books. And Mm -hmm. I remember when I was younger reading comics, things mattered. Green Lantern, Green Arrow had the drug issues. They had the Neil Adams, Denny O'Neill stuff. And it was like, wow. Frank Miller was doing Daredevil and nothing else existed at the time. I was like, that was the greatest comic. Uh, Even when Frank did uh, Batman Year One, you know, with Kelly, I'm like, oh my God. And So those books don't happen in the, let's just put out some books with this character because it's selling mode. That happens because we have the right creators on the right book. And we're going to give them the freedom to do what they think the book should be, the character should be doing. And those are the standouts in our life. Are always the ones where it's driven by a team, like an, a writer mm-hmm. and artist team that are really firing on on all levels and doing what they want to do. And those are the books that hit almost everybody's walls. That's why everybody has a Watchman copy, has a Batman year one. Has a, if you look right. at those books that you have on your shelf that are the ones that you'll never get rid of. You'll always have a copy of. you realize the thing they have in common is a complete vision by the creative team and freedom to express themselves in it. And that's what we learned in Marvel Knights. And that's what I learned over time with comics is like, there'll be a ton of Batman. There'll be a ton of X-Men. There'll be a ton... But, you know, all of a sudden, you know, Wolverine. There's a ton of Wolverine and all that kind of stuff. But you realize, Mm -hmm. oh, well, you know what? Your people will go, you know, I love those Barry Smith issues that we did at Wolverine. Or I love... um, you know they'll they'll talk about a certain run, Todd McFarlane Spider Man, right? They love Todd McFarlane, right? Mm-hmm. So, you know, those are things that stand out. So I I do this not to pay bills. I do this because I want to make a difference. I want to make great comics, and I just feel like doing the working on the books just to fill the shelves is not my thing. I mean Harley was a rare one for us because Harley and Jonah Hex were rare ones for us because Jonah Hex. Justin and I had a million stories, so we were just going to write that until they kicked us off, which pretty much happened. Yeah. We wrote like a hundred and some yeah. issues of that. And Harley, we just Amanda and I, we just we felt like once they took the character and started putting her, it because for for the first couple of years on Harley, we told them you can't put the character any in any other book except mm. for ours. And if that's why we did specials, that's why we did Harley's Black Book. We said we're the only right. ones that can use that character. We don't want her in other books because. It's going to water down. And towards the end, they started putting her in all these other books. And we're like, okay, you know what? Not only are we a little burned out, but now she's appearing everywhere, and it's watering down, and it's time to go.
0: Because, yeah, because
1: now it's just going to be like Harley's in this, Harley's in that. Nobody cares. you know. But for, for, for five years, yeah. we had a very hyper-focused one Harley story and one vision on Harley. And even with our team-up book, like the, the little black book, it was still Jimmy and Amanda – Harley having an adventure here, or adventure there. And as a comic fan, I get that. I, I'm the guy that loves the Chris Claremont, John Byrne run of X-Men. And when it's not mm-hmm. those two guys, I'm mm-hmm. like, oh, yeah, those issues are okay. But it's not that, you know. Um, mm-hmm. So that's the way I look at comics. And so for that reason, I'm not a great guy to put on something if you want it just to be the same old stuff. I,
0: I have sure. no question sure. that.
1: I, 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 there's a hundred guys that live and die to tell their spider-man stories and it's you know it's usually spider-man and whatever doing the stuff that they read when they were younger and doing it again Mm -hmm. i don't have interest in that i have interest in taking the characters in new places and messing with things but at the same time understanding that i'm also building the foundation of characters which is you know always my view
0: yeah. No, it's cool. So it's it's the thirtieth anniversary of, of Harley Quinn this yeah. year, which I'm sure is, is big for yourself and Amanda, definitely with all the I, I don't know if folks even have fully come to terms with like how much of the stuff we think about with Harley now being attributed to your run. Like it's definitely something where even like like the animated series, which I love, yeah. um, like just the, the character Cyborgman being like like I went back and reread Harley and I was like, Oh yeah, that's that's you guys. Like that's that's you and Amanda. Yeah. Um, how cool has it been to see like all these elements of your run you know, popping up in the animated show and just being, like, this huge part of, like, this character that can carry a, a series by herself now. it's been an
1: amazing ride. I mean, you know, getting to meet Margot Robbie a bunch of times and us uh, talking sure. about how she's doing playing Harley is, like, crazy, right? Like, who would ever yeah picture that? Um There's so much from our run that's on the screen and on the animation, and we're happy about this. But, you know, at the end of the day, it's Bruce Tim and Paul Dini's character, you know? Um and, sure. I, and we have been thanked by both those guys for making them a lot of money <laughs> 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 and keeping their character. They're they both, we love them both. Paul, uh, Paul you know, uh, Paul and Bruce are just wonderful guys. And we're so happy that they're being compensated so well for every, all the work we've done and, and sure, yeah. even bigger and, um, nothing could make us happier because we, we love the both guys. So, um, yeah, it's kind of cool because uh, you know I don't think like it's funny because we watched the Birds of Prey. We went to the Birds pre- pre- premiere. We watched it, and there's so many little things from our comic in it, mm-hmm. and the animation stuff. You, you know, it's funny because um, if you really watch this show, a lot of stuff that happens that isn't exactly moments from the from my com- from our comics, but the mm-hmm. attitude is there, and. it's... So a right. lot of it. So it's great to watch. I mean, they changed Cyborgman a little bit. They made him like a, a Jewish landlord, which he's not in the comic. Uh, they did their own version yeah. of it. Um, didn't really approve of that, but whatever. I'm happy the characters there. But you know, we what we would have loved to be is more involved with the animation, which they didn't. Amanda did. Amanda did turnarounds, but um, you know, again, one hand doesn't help the other there. So it's like comic people. No, you yeah. you can only do comics. You can't do animation. Even though I've written animation, yeah. I've written written animated movies that were made, but they just that's the way that is. So we're happy to see it. We wish that they use this more. I, I wish that I wish that the guys making Birds of Prey decided to have Amanda in roller skates be part of the team. Would have been the greatest sure fun thing for comic people to see Amanda being one of the because she could have done it. Like stuff like that always drives me crazy. Like we you know you have the talent, throw them in there and have some fun with it because the fans would love it. But. um but we're happy mm-hmm. to see all this success. I mean, we have a room full of uh, Harley things, all over the place, like toys and games and Halloween costumes and you know all that stuff. They they used to send us a bunch of that stuff, and uh, and we have it all. Um, but it's it's nice to see that it it uh, influenced so much. I mean, like I said, when when I'm being flown out to movie sets and hanging out with the stars and stuff like that, it's surreal moments. It's fun. Um, and it's nice to see the influence that things have. And, and that's, you know, that's what I'm hoping something I created from scratch does over time.
0: Oh. Yeah, for sure. Uh, well, you, So I was going to ask about that. So, you know, you've had a, Painkiller Jane yeah. has had a sci-fi movie. There were talks of like it works in the pipeline. What's the, what's the status or any update so, uh, on, the, the, you know, yeah, some of your own the stuff? The Jessica
1: Chastain thing fell apart because she, I think she just took sure. on too many other things. Um, that went for like two years. Uh, we had a great screenplay, but Um, So now it's back with my agent. So there's another part of my business where I do film and TV stuff and I have an agent Mm -hmm. for that and I don't bother him until he calls me and tells me there's something going on because I don't, in the nicest way, I don't lose sleep over any of that stuff. I want to make great comics and then if somebody buys it, makes a film or TV, like the last one was like, uh, the last one was Jay Baruchel for Random Acts of Violence, right? So, Amanda and I Mm -hmm. went to Canada during COVID and uh, watched them shoot part Mm -hmm. of that movie. And uh, you know, that was a lot of fun meeting Jay and hanging out with Jay and stuff like that was great. Um, You know, these are all fun things, but the idea that they're going to make you rich is a joke and that um, people want fame. I don't really care about fame. I I don't really care. Uh, It's nice to meet famous people, but I don't want to be the famous person. I kind of like the idea. I can just make comics and, not worry about stuff, um, but I'm happy to see things translated. The, the working on a painkiller Jane TV show was a lot of fun. Getting the an episode was a blast, and yeah, I worked on many many things, um, but never. You know, I, I think one day I'd like to direct something. That would be a fun dream, pipe dream type of thing. But uh, you know, yeah. I, I I right now my focus is creating. I have I have like a, so it's like picture my brain is a garage with full of cars. I need to pull some mm-hmm. cars out to bring new ones in, you know? So I'm trying to get books out.
0: <laughs> yeah, okay. I'm
1: trying to create, I have a lot of stuff like creator own stuff that I'm working on right now. I have like four books done already. I'm sitting on, uh, because I want to release them sort of in the same area. Um, but, but that's what gets, gets me motivated. The, the movie and TV stuff is great and it's fun, but you understand it's quick and how many movies come out a week and how many TV shows are on a week. And there are far less comics that come out and I am a one man crew or a three person crew or a four person crew on a comic and which means I have a lot more control and therefore the comics are always the clearest vision of what I see you know as a matter of fact I'm I'm starting I'm learning how to color comics now too just to kind of cut out
0: another part yeah, I saw you. Uh, I saw you colored uh, the gargoyles cover yeah. that you guys just yeah, shared. Um, that Amanda drew yeah. for the the gargoyles relaunch. I, I I noticed that. I was like, oh, Jimmy's Jimmy's color yeah. now. So that's that's new for you, yeah. Yeah, I,
1: I had I had time. I have a uh, you know, I had some time uh, helping some family members with some stuff, and I had time off that I had a a lot of waiting room stuff. So I took my iPad and started using Procreate, and I said, let me try. You know, Amanda had a cover, and I said, let me let me take a shot at that. I think I know what to do, and you know. Uh, So I'm slowly learning that. But, you know, I I think, look, I think the secret to staying young is constantly being challenged. I think the first thing you do when you get old is when you start. I don't know how this program works or I can't get this. Mm. That's the day you realize you're getting old when you stop Mm -hmm. learning. Um, Mm -hmm. So I feel like, you know, eventually I'll start drawing the books, too, eventually, you know, but that that's a
0: little more challenging. Give yourself, uh, yeah, the the progression, right? You do it all, done, and then and then you'll have your. I did every part of this I've book, done, book. I've right? done a
1: couple of books. I did Vampirella Zero, and I drew some uh, Ghost Rider stuff early on, and I I drew a couple of books here and there, but never had confidence about my work, and I, I still don't. Mm. So I'm doing the inking and the coloring and the writing. Eventually, I'm going to get into that other job, but um, I'm I think I'm way too critical, um, and especially I have Amanda upstairs. Amanda like so good. I don't even. She makes it look so easy, yeah. and it's it's frightening. Her artwork's frightening because it's so simple and it's not simple. It's not. simple. Uh
0: huh. Right. Yeah. Yeah. No. It, it looks. It probably looks. It makes it look easier than it is. Right. It's you know, her things. and
1: Darwin Cook used to sit around and work together, and um, and I used to say, "You guys just make it look like it's nothing, like la la la." And I said, "But I said, but nobody can do what you guys do. There's there's not. Well, there's, right. You know." There's not a lot of, you don't have a lot of artists out there that go, oh, shoot, that person looks like Amanda Connors art. You don't really have it mm-hmm. because there's a simplicity in her line that most artists have to work so hard to get to that. You know, when I was a kid, I used to look at Alex Toth and go, yeah, it looks okay. Yeah. And then as I got older, I'm like, oh, my God, the guy's brilliant. You know, you know, like, yeah. you just, there's just a line there, a line there. And I'm like, oh, that looks so great. Oh. You know, let me just kill myself. You know, it, when you're younger, you get into, into all the complicated artists, right? Like the guys that do tons of detail and stuff. And as you get older, you start looking uh-huh. at, like, Jamie Hernandez from Love and Rocket and you're like, God, that guy's brilliant. You yeah. know, Dan DiCarlo's brilliant. Yeah. What, the, what What? Am I, what was I thinking when I was a kid,
0: you know? That's interesting, yeah. right? No, it's the flashy stuff that stands out, right? <laughs> the, the crazy detail. But then you get older, you're like, they told a perfect story with, like, you know, four oh. lines. Like, how yeah. do they do that? Yeah. crazy. I mean,
1: Darwin <laughs> Cook was so underappreciated that, that new frontier is just brilliant. And you look at some pages and it's like, Oh my God, did he do that in five minutes? But why is it look so brilliant? Uh, yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah, for sure. No, it's yeah. great stuff. Um, okay. So before I let you go, what's your favorite thing you've done that you wish more people checked out? Like what's your favorite book that you're like, Oh, I wish that, I wish that had caught more life.
1: I, I wish monolith caught on. Cause it was one of my favorite things to write that Justin and I wrote. I, I, I think monolith yeah. was one. And, um, I did another book with Phil Noto called Trigger Girl, and uh, that was one too. I felt like it had a real message, and um, you know, a lot of times when I so so the circulation between the books I do for Marvel, and DC, and then the ones I put out myself, we're talking about you know fifty thousand, hundred thousand compared to five thousand. You know, um, sure. But I, I, I uh, the, the books that I create around Stuff I Do, I feel like I always wish I can get more of an audience. And, and I will. I'm repackaging repack- some to put out through a major company. So that's that's going to help a little bit. But the Kickstarters have been pretty much my business for the past you know couple of years. I've, I've done 20. Yeah. Um, and you, if you want to really look at my career over time, I've learned to fine tune it where I can. Everything I'm doing is just so I can do it myself eventually, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, as opposed mm-hmm. to a guy that comes out and says I have my own comic company and just publishes, I'm, I was my whole thing was I need to become a name first, so that'll help my creator own stuff later. Um, mm. and that was always my plan, and that was that was my advertising background taught me to do that a little bit. Yeah. Um, but I, but yeah, my, I think the stuff I have on paperfilms.com, um, that I, I think those are the ones I wish there's more eyes on. Um, The good news is their eyes on it in Hollywood, which is nice. So anytime something like that happens, I sell a bunch more books when that stuff comes out. So, you know, it's not it's I you know, we're artists, we create things for other people to enjoy. So we do want the most people to look at them.
0: Yeah, yeah. No, it makes total sense. All right, so what you, you mentioned, I think you just had a Kickstarter that wrapped. Yeah. Um, maybe it was a, Amanda, an Amanda art book. What What else do you have coming up that you the, want people the, the to, to, to check The next one I have
1: out? is I have a, a Painkiller Jane Kickstarter that'll probably... So I don't like to start one until I have the books shipped from the other one. So Amanda's... Yeah. Amanda's one I have to ship 1,500 books. So that's going to take me like two, three weeks to do. Once okay. I get it back from the printer. So that's the other thing now. There's printer delays. So uh, so it's like printer, delivery, packing, and eventually. So once I'm done with the packing and ship them out, that's when I'll start the next Kickstarter because I, f- I just feel like I can't o- ask an audience uh, for more money while they're still waiting for the thing I did before.
0: So Yeah, I think that's appreciated. Yeah, so I, I, kinda, think, I, kinda, I think kind of it right? Yeah, and
1: I get everything ready, and then the minute I get the books out, I'm like, a launch you know um but i but i have There's some books one. done in, in advance so i have the painkill jane books are all done and i have um a book called fantasima i did with pierre brito and it's about like a female tarzan in in uh mm. happened in chile and um i have a whole bunch of things another trigger girl book and i have a um i have a uh thing i did at dark horse called deep sea deep sea that's uh, i find i kind of, it was like an eight pager where i finally finished it um there's a lot of stuff coming up. And then we have the mainstream stuff. The 30th anniversary Harley is out this week, coming week. And, and, um, mm-hmm. we have, uh, Amanda and I did the Blondie book for Z2 comics. So it's about, okay. so, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So we Forgot did, we that. did, yeah. we worked, you know, with the band and we did this, uh, our part of the book is when, uh, Deborah Harry was born and Chris Stein were born and then how they eventually met and, uh.
0: Okay. Interesting. So is it kinda of like biography? Yeah. As it's, it's like, like I took
1: I took so what I did is I uh what we did is I talked to Chris Starring a lot and then um you know, we took a lot of uh, Debbie's book, she talks about her childhood. And I kinda of, like short ended it and made it kind of jumbled it around and made it into a story and um yeah. and then they got to the fact check everything. <laughs> okay. So so Debbie okay. and, the, and the band kind of looked over everything and with the corrections and everything. It's it's an interesting book because it's like part our story, and then they have like ten illustrators illustrating songs in it afterwards. And it's it's a
0: pretty book. Yeah, it's a
1: very pretty. I think that comes out any week now. I'm, I'm I have no idea yet, but
0: uh, it's it's got to be soon. Yeah, those those E two projects are interesting. I'm I'm kind of fascinated by well, the, the. They music they asked me
1: like, what's your favorite bands, and I you know Blondie was one of them, and they said, oh, don't you know Chris Stein, and I'm like, well, I talked to him, but. You know, so that just happened. I gave them a list of other people. I said, if you ever get to do these people, I'd like to take care of the book. And, uh, um, and one of them is Madonna. If they ever do a Madonna one, it's one of the first comics I've drawn. Was I drew two two Madonna comics for like celebrity comics a billion years ago, and uh, yeah. I just like to I like to make up for that by doing a new book. <laughs>
0: that All right, cool. Yeah. We'll, we'll keep our eyes peeled for that. Um, very good. All right, Jamie. So we'll include links here in the show notes, you know, to your social profiles and stuff where people can check out the books. Uh, paperfilms.com, I believe, is the site. where You're probably the easiest access to to everything that's coming out. Um, anything else you want to make sure people know about before we, before no, we I th- wrap? I think
1: just the site. And if, it com- if this comes out before New York Con, man, and I will be in New York Con. I think uh, I'll, uh, I don't know what I'll We'll be in Artist Alley. So combine
0: Yeah, you know? yeah. Awesome. Awesome. All right. Have fun at the con. But seriously, I I super appreciate your time. And uh, it was a pleasure talking to you. Thanks for coming on. All right,
1: man. I'll talk to you soon.